Good morning. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 15. And I want to share with you this morning a passage that has been on my heart for these last number of weeks and has been ministering to me, rebuking me, correcting me, and also helping me. And I trust that this passage will uh, be a blessing to you this morning as we seek to worship Christ and to meet with him as we hear from him in his word. John chapter 15, and here are the words of our Lord. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Lord, take these next few moments and by your grace, speak to us through your word that our hearts may be encouraged, that we may see the beauty of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that our hearts may be calmed and brought to peace as we learn to abide. We give this time to you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples in the last days of his earthly life, he has gathered them together and he is giving to them his heart. He, is, he knows that he will be gone and this is his last opportunity for our Lord to instruct the men who he has walked with who he has lived with, who he has poured out his life to. And as he takes this opportunity to 
gather their hearts together, he gives this, them this one simple message that he wants them to cling to and to remember and to live their lives by. And the, that one simple message is in verse 4, abide in me. He repeats it again in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. In verse 5, he says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. In verse 6, he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. In verse 9, he says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And in case you're wondering, in verse 11, he says all these things out of a loving heart. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I'm saying these things to you because I love you, because I want you to rejoice. I want your hearts to be lifted up and not to be discouraged. I'm leaving, but I'm going to send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. He will minister my presence to you. And I just want you to know this one thing as I leave from here. As my disciples, the one thing that you need to know is that you need to abide. You need to abide in me. And I remember reading this passage as a brand new Christian. The first year I became a Christian and just no commentaries, no dictionaries, no sermon helps, no study Bibles, just reading over and over this passage and just hearing those words again and again, Jesus repeating, abide in me, abide in me. If you abide in me, you will bear fruit. If you abide in me, you will glorify the Father. If you abide in me, then you will experience joy. If you don't abide in me, then you will prove not to be my disciple. Abide, abide, abide. And I remember thinking that if I could just figure out what this word means, if I could just figure out what that means to abide in Christ, I will have figured out the whole Christian life because it's all here. If you abide, then you will ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you abide, you will bear much fruit. If you abide, then you will prove to be Christ's disciple. If you abide, then you will glorify the Father. It all comes down to this one central concept, abide in me. But as a young Christian, I didn't know what that word meant. I didn't know what it meant to abide. I could tell from the passage that it was really important and that it was the center of the Christian life, but I didn't know what it meant. And so I remember going to a Bible dictionary and just looking up the word abide. And reading the words that the word abide, it means to stay. 
It means to remain. The idea here is Jesus is saying to his disciples, the key to the Christian life is stay with me. Stay close to me. Don't let your eyes be distracted from who I am. Don't let your heart wander far from me. Don't just know me from a distance and know facts about me. You're here with me now in this room. John, you're, you're reclining at my breast. You're, you know what it means to be intimate with me. You know what it means to be close to me. You've eaten breakfast with me. You've, we've walked together, talked together. We've enjoyed intimate fellowship together. You know what it means to, to stay and to remain. And what I'm saying is that even as I leave, the key to your Christian life is going to be simply this, is, is stay with me. Remain here. Don't depart. Don't let your heart drift away. But as you have experienced this intimacy with me, I leave you one instruction and one plea. Stay there. Don't depart from the centrality of abiding in me. If you stay close to me, you will bear much fruit. Because I am the vine and you are the branches. If you just stay close to me, my life, my power, my strength will flow into your life and your life will bear fruit. And spiritual power will flow from me to you and you will see things change as you remain in close fellowship with me. If you stay close to me, you will glorify the Father because as this fruit grows from your life, everyone will see that this fruit does not come from you. It comes from me as my life is flowing through you and they will give glory to the Father. because of the fruit born in you. If you abide in me, you will prove to be my disciple. Because what is the mark of a true disciple? The mark of a true disciple is that he loves Jesus Christ. The mark of a true disciple is not so much what he does, but who he loves. The mark of a true disciple is that his heart, his, his affections have been given away to the greatness of our Savior. If you just stay close to me, if you just remain in fellowship with me, that's the key to everything. But if you don't abide, 
Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. The mark of a professing Christian who is not a true Christian is that he doesn't love fellowship with Jesus Christ. The difference between a true Christian who's been, whose heart has been truly regenerated and a false Christian, a person who professes Christ but in reality is not truly saved, the difference between those two is that a true Christian loves Christ. He doesn't just love hearing about Christ. He doesn't just love the activities associated with Christ. He, didn't just, he doesn't just love truth about Christ. The mark of a true Christian is that he loves Christ. He wants to stay with Jesus. He wants to be close to Jesus. The greatest desire of the true Christian's heart is to be like the disciple John, is to recline at Christ's breast and just experience the intimacy and fellowship and joy and the love of our great Lord and Savior. That is a true Christian. And so that is why Jesus says that if you don't abide, if the characteristic of your life is Christian activity, is Christian duty, is the externals of Christian performance, but internally you have no desire to be with Christ or to know Christ personally, then Jesus would say through this passage, you need to examine yourself and to see if you're really in the faith. Because that is the mark of a false Christian, a mere professor, is they talk about Jesus. They know about Jesus. They do even things in the name of Jesus, but they don't want to be with Jesus. There is no desire to abide, to stay to remain with Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, I, I'm sharing this passage with you because this passage over the last number of weeks and even months has been so convicting to my heart and because I believe that if there's one thing that my life has lacked it is the most important thing that's in this passage. And that is simply staying with Jesus. I think if I look back at my Christian life over the last year, I see a lot of Christian activity. I see many things that I've done in the name of Jesus, to serve Jesus. I see much busyness, responsibilities, 
marriage, family, raising four children, serving in the church. And yet Christ has been revealing that in my heart that I'm much like the church in Revelation chapter 2 where I've done many things in the name of Jesus and yet I've lost my first love because my first love is not my wife my first love is not my children my first love is not even my ministry my first love is Christ And my first love is not even truths about Christ, teaching verses about Christ. It is him. It is is Jesus. He is the all-surpassing treasure. He is the pearl who's been at the who is in the sea that I sell everything in my life to gain. He is everything. And when I was first a Christian, I knew that. I saw it so clearly. I saw that nothing in life can compare education or money or success or pleasure or laughter. I could see it so clearly through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that nothing compares to knowing Jesus and nothing compares to being with Jesus And nothing compares simply being loved by Jesus. Nothing compares just staying with Jesus. And yet over the years, as responsibilities have increased, and as busyness has taken over, my heart has gone, grown clouded. And I no longer see that simply being with Christ is the best part of life. That I have become like Martha, worried and distracted about so many things and yet missing the best thing. And the best thing is Christ. The best thing is just knowing him. The best thing is experiencing his love. And Jesus meant it. If you abide in me, your joy will be full. Your joy will be full. Why? Because nothing else in life gives joy like Jesus Christ. You know this. If you're a Christian, you know this. You look back on the most joyful, satisfying, pleasurable times in your Christian life, those moments when your heart was the most satisfied, most rejoicing, most filled, when you felt like you could die and go to heaven and you would be happy. You look back on those times in your Christian life and you know that the joy that you experienced was because of Jesus. It was because you were close to him. 
It was because you were hearing him speak through his word. It was because the Holy Spirit had given you illumination and that the words of scripture were literally leaping off the page and impacting your heart at such a deep level. And you were experiencing what Jesus says here, abiding, staying, remaining, being in close fellowship with him. And your joy was filled because you were eating of the bread that truly satisfies and that bread is not Christian activity and it is not Christian duty, it is Christ. And yet, brothers and sisters, you also know, you know that this world does not satisfy. You know if you look through your Christian life that when you have tried to feed your heart on success or you have tried to feed your heart on money or you have tried to feed your heart on education or relationships or entertainment, you know that it leaves you empty. You know that your heart is still grasping. You know that you're just drinking soda pop all day and it's not nourishing to your heart. And so you know that if, that by your experience, that the words of Jesus are true, that if you abide, if you just abide, your joy will be full. I think my greatest concern for my life, the greatest concern for our church is that we are so busy doing good things that we have missed out on the best thing. I think my greatest concern for our church is that we are so very good at doing things. We're very good at doing things. When I first came to Cornerstone, I felt that this was the most talented church I've ever seen. People were skilled. They knew how to do ministry. They knew how to organize activities. They knew how to plan. They knew how to prepare. But doing things for Christ is not the best part of the Christian life. And if you get caught, so caught up in doing things for Christ that you miss out on Christ... then you're missing out on the heart of Christianity, which is to abide. On a pastoral level, we've called this the illusion of productivity. That because we're so engaged in service, because we're answering emails, because we're meeting with people, because we're planning Bible studies, because we're doing mission trips, because we're doing all these good things for Christ, that automatically equals that 
We're being productive. And Jesus says here, you know what? You can be productive and not be fruitful. You can get a lot of things done on a human level and you're not bearing fruit. You're not bearing fruit because fruit comes from abiding in the vine. You get the picture? You're the branch. I'm the vine. You can't bear fruit by yourself. You have to stay close to me. When the disciples came back from a busy season of ministry, they rejoiced because much spiritual power had been given to them. They had gone out and they had preached and they had cast out demons. They had performed miracles in Christ's name. They came back so excited to tell Jesus of everything that they had done for Jesus. And Jesus said, you know what, don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice that God used you to do powerful acts of ministry. That's not your greatest joy. He said, Rejoice in this, that your names are written in heaven. Your greatest joy is not in what you do. Your greatest joy is in what Christ has done for you. Abide. Stay there. Don't be moved. Let me just be real practical here. One of the great threats to abiding in Christ is in our day and age is simply that we are so distracted. That it is difficult for us to even focus on him for any extended period of time. Just be honest, and I've already shared with you my struggles with technology. I got a, I have an iPhone, an iPad, I have a laptop, I have a desktop, and I have all this, inf- I got Twitter and Facebook and all this streams of information coming into my life. And I read an article this week which says that these streams of information actually have a way of rewiring our brains that we can only handle bits of information at one given time. And abiding in Christ is something that cannot be done in small bits of information. You can't do it. You can't multitask your relationship with Jesus. It's like my favorite date night with my wife is to take her to Yoshinoya. I mean, we're high class, we <laughs> like to live large, and so nine o'clock we put the kids down and Jonathan can babysit now, so we go to Yoshinoya and two beef bowls with veggies. And if uh, we're feeling very luxurious, uh, I'll let her get a miso soup. <laughs> and... Um, 
we sit and we talk. And I want to know her heart and what she's struggling with and what she's been thinking. And she wants to know my heart and what I've been thinking and what's been going on and how am I doing. And we just enjoy fellowship together and intimacy together. And it doesn't look spiritual at all. It looks like two people over beef bowls and But I wonder what it would be like if during those times when I'm talking with my wife, if I pull out my laptop computer or my iPad and log into Twitter, and on one hand I'm talking to her, and the other hand I'm checking my news feed. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, how's your heart? How's your heart doing? Wow, this, this, going, this person just tweeted something funny. I'll reply to this. And I'm multitasking my relationship with my wife. How much of a relationship would I experience with the one on earth who I love the most? And yet, practically speaking, Many of us multitask our relationship with Christ. We're just so distracted. We just have so many streams of information going on. And Jesus says, if you want to experience joy, if you want to experience fruit, if you want to glorify the Father, if you want to know true impact in ministry, if you want to prove to be my disciple, it's about a relationship. And you can't multitask this. I need your complete, undivided attention. Abide in me. Jesus says, abide in me. In me, Christian, not in the church. The church is the body of Christ. Activity in the church is great. Ministry in the church is necessary, yet that's not what he's calling us to. He's calling us to abide in him. See who I am. Rest in my love. See my work on the cross. See me dying for you and your sins. See me risen from the dead. See me ascended to the right hand of the Father. See me praying for you. See me stay close to me. And he says in verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. How can Jesus make such a sweeping promise like that? Ask anything you want. How can Jesus say to us that if you ask for anything, it will be done? It's because the Christian who's abiding 
wants nothing more than to love and to honor Jesus Christ. The Christian who's close to Jesus wants nothing more than to see him honored and to see him lifted up. And so his heart's prayer, the things that he is asking for are the things that are glorifying to the Father and honoring to the Son. When you are abiding in Christ, what your heart desires more than anything else is to see Christ lifted up, Christ exalted, Christ proclaimed, Christ being honored, Christ's name being spread to the ends of the earth. You want Christ to return and to set up his kingdom here on earth. You want Christ. You are asking for things that are honoring to Christ. And Jesus says that when your heart is giving expression to those things, that you are abiding in me and my words are abiding in you, you can ask and it will be done. What is the mark of a Christian who is abiding? The mark of a Christian who is abiding in Christ is he or she is asking. You know that you are abiding when you are asking. If you are not asking, you are not abiding. If you are not asking, you are still that branch who is trying to produce fruit on, his own, on its own. When you are asking, you are abiding because you are coming to the vine and you are confessing, I'm just a branch and I cannot do anything apart from you. And so you are asking and you are seeing your prayer requests answered and God the Father receives glory as your life bears much fruit. Verse five, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And brothers and sisters, I would ask us, do we believe that? Do we really believe that? That apart from Christ, I cannot be a godly husband. Apart from Christ, I cannot raise my children. Apart from Christ, I cannot do my job in a God-glorifying way. Apart from Christ, I cannot do this ministry. I cannot preach this message. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. Or is there that pride in our heart, that little voice in our mind, which says that if Jesus shows up and helps me, it would be nice, but it's not really necessary. Because I went to school and I went to seminary, and I have Bible tools, and we have crack ministry teams who are excellent in all they do, and we can do it. We will do it without him, and then present our works to him, and he will be impressed at what we have accomplished. And Jesus says to me, Dan, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I want you to abide. One of the things that has helped me so much in just applying this passage is I used to read my Bible 
to get information or to learn things that I needed to do. I used to open up my Bible every morning and read with a view that God wanted to tell me what to do today. And so I won't leave my Bible reading until I know what he wants me to do. Or I used to read my Bible with a view to learn information. That the more information I learned about Scripture, the more I would be sanctified. And one of the things that has helped me to abide is to see that Scripture was written in order to display for us a person. The primary reason why the Spirit of God inspired the Bible was to glorify a person. It was to show us who Jesus is, is to reveal him from the first chapter of Genesis to the end chapter of Revelation in all his glory, in all his splendor, and in all his beauty, and to show us different viewpoints of who he is, and to show us different aspects of his glory, his compassion, his grace, his love, his mercy, his holiness, his power, his sufficiency, and to show us time and time again throughout all of the Old Testament narratives and all of the New Testament narratives and then the epistles and the book of Revelation through the entire scriptures to display this person to the entire world. And what the Holy Spirit does as we read the scriptures is he illumines the heart in order to glorify Christ, in order for us to see this person and to rejoice in him and to delight in his perfections. And when I began to read my Bible with the view that, Lord, today I need to see a person. I want to see a person. I have to see Jesus. And even if the only thing that you want me to do is just to see Jesus and to believe in him and to trust him, that's what I need. And when I began to read my Bible with that view, that it's all about Jesus. And what God wants me to do this morning as I open up his word is to see this person and just to have my heart love him more. Entire sections of scripture open up for me that never did before. I never knew what to do with the gospel of John because the gospel of John didn't tell me anything to do. It just kept showing to me a person. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Believe in him. Believe in him. Trust in him. Eat of him. He's the bread. He's the light. He's the living water. Drink and eat and be satisfied. And I said, well, but what am I supposed to do? And it just kept saying over and over, believe. And when I saw that that is the point, that is the point not only of John, but the whole Bible is to see Jesus and to believe in him and to abide in him.
the scriptures began to open up. And I began to see that my daily Bible reading time was a means for me to abide. Brothers and sisters, my heart for you is verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. My, my heart for Cornerstone Bible Church and for my life is that we experience this joy. And this joy comes from abiding in Christ. Let's bow in prayer together and close our time. Let me just give you a moment as we prepare to sing our final song and as we've talked about the need for our hearts to be quieted, as we've talked about our tendency to be so distracted, to be so busy with the affairs of Christianity that we miss out on the most important part. Would you just take a moment and quiet your heart before the Lord? Maybe the Lord this morning has shown you, as he's shown me, that you are drifting from your first love. That you are trying to multitask your relationship with Jesus. And that you need to repent and remember the things that you did at first. And the things that you did at first when you first became a Christian was simply to love Jesus. Would you just take a moment to respond to him in that way? Let us renew our love for Christ and ask, us, ask him to help us to abide. Jesus, we remember the first day when we believed in you. There was nothing greater in life than to simply love you and to be loved by you. The world could have taken our homes, our possessions, our money, our clothes and we would have rejoiced because we were saved, because we were loved by the only one who matters, who is Christ. And yet, O oh Lord, through the busyness of life, through the many responsibilities, O oh Lord, how easy it is for us to lose our first love. 
Oh Lord, how easy it is for us to be distracted. To be drawn away from that sweet fellowship with you that we once experienced. And to lose our joy, to lose our fruitfulness. Because we are not abiding in the vine. Oh Lord, would your Holy Spirit give us eyes to see once again. Help us to repent. Help us to remember. Help us to remain. That we as a church will bear much fruit, prove to be your disciples, all to the glory of the Father. Thank you for this time. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.